Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Bridget Spackman. And Michelle Emerson. And we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. Listen, we all have those monsters that are in our workspaces. Whether it's in your classroom or home, it can be challenging to get rid of the creepy crawlies. Ah, <laughs> uh, and I'm talking about paper, y'all. So in this episode, we're going to give you a step-by-step process for reducing your paper clutter and digitizing as much as possible. You know, in hindsight, we should have done this episode in October <laughs> based on the monster, <laughs> but first, I let's mean, we're hear... recording in October. Does that count? <laughs> that does count. That totally counts. But first, let's hear a time-sucking hurdle from Ruth. Ruth says, my biggest TSH is trying to keep worksheets and forms organized. I have a filing cabinet, but no teacher's desk. I try to keep the daily worksheets in a hanging file on my whiteboard, but I easily misplace them or file them haphazardly because I'm so busy. So, here are going to be the things that I come to first. And I have questions for you, Ruth. So if you can track me down, you can answer these questions. So one, are these worksheets that you are passing out to your students or are they graded something that you're grading? Um, The other question that I have, I'm going to ask you is, do you have to use so many worksheets? Um, And I understand that you have to take grades, but can you look at doing something a little bit different? Like, can you have students utilize a learner management system? Do you Can you give them a discussion board rather than trying to fill out the questions on there? I feel like if you can reduce the amount of worksheets that you're using, it's going to help with that, that clutter. What do you think, Michelle? Yeah. I mean, obviously the more that you can digitize or just do in a different way, as you mentioned, the less paper that you have to manage. My question for Ruth would be the no teacher's desk. Is that because your school doesn't supply one and you just don't have Mm. the option for one? Or is that a choice that you made to get rid of your teacher's desk? Because I don't know if you remember this, Bridget, but a few years ago, it was like super trendy on social media to like have no teacher's desk. And I still don't, I don't want to say I don't get it because here's what I saw happen. A lot of people got rid of their quote unquote teacher's desk and they turned their small group area into Into essentially, yeah, which I'm like, all you did was move it then. Like, and that's fine, but you still had a, a teacher desk area. So my first question would be if that isn't required by your school and like you got rid of it on purpose, maybe this is a sign to like bring it back or, or have a more designated space. Also, she said she has a filing cabinet. So my brain went to the 43 43 folder folder system. Yeah, that's kind of where my brain was going to next is that if you can utilize the 43 folder system, which do we have an episode on that? We do have an episode. We do. Yeah. Okay. So Ruth, I'm going to put a link to that episode in the show notes, girl. Go check it out. That way you can kind of get an idea of how it's organized. But using that 43 folder system is really going to change it because it allows you to plan like a month or even more in advance. And it contains everything in that space. So that might be a really good option for you. Yeah. So as we jump into this episode, I'm going to kick us off with some memories and then also a rant. Since we are talking about paper and tackling the paper monster. So my memory, 
And this was one of those things where I forgot about it until we started planning this episode. So my mom, she's now retired, but growing up, she was a dental hygienist. So she's the one that would like clean your teeth at the dentist office. And there were some times, especially during the summers where like I would go to work with her and me being the kid that I was, I always wanted like a job. Like I wanted to do something. I wanted to like help out with something. And so I used to work with their receptionist to file. They had like this huge wall of all these filing mm-hmm. cabinets, all of the, like I almost said customers, clients. clients. There's a, yeah, yeah. There's, there's another word that I'm looking for and I can't, can't think of what it is, but regardless, the people that went patients. to patients, thank you. Yes. The patients at the dental office, all of their like paperwork, cause they would pull it out when that patient would come for their appointment, they'd fill mm-hmm. stuff out and then they'd have to put it back. And so I would help to like reorganize them and it was all alphabetical. And as a kid, of course, I loved it. But here's what gets me. The fact that it is now 2023. And when you go to, for example, the doctor's office, and maybe y'all are going to hear me say this and you're like, Michelle, you need a new doctor's office. And that might be true. But still, when I go to the doctor's office, you give them like your insurance card and then they give you a clipboard with all these papers to fill out. And you go back to your seat and you like fill out all of these papers. And maybe I'm just going to the wrong doctor's offices, but why are we not like doing this on a tablet or a computer or something? And then what gets me is I give them my insurance card. So they like make a copy of it or whatever they do. But then I have to like fill in the information on a paper. Why am I filling out this information on a paper when I literally just gave you the card and you have the information, make a copy of it. It just, it's, the math is not mathing. You know what I mean? It's not adding up. (laughs) Yeah. I still have some doctor's offices that are like that, but the best one, Michelle, that I went to was actually like one of those where you just kind of go in. It's like, you could just kind of go to any of these little like offices. Like an urgent care? Yeah, like an urgent care. Thank okay. you. So in Houston, when I was there for my cousin's wedding, I had the worst neck pain. Like I did something really, really bad. Like nerve was pinched. It was really bad. And I could not handle the pain anymore. So I finally told my mom, mom, I'm going to an urgent care. I just need something to help. So I went in there and it was great, lady. Like they were like, oh, we're going to send you a link. They were like, what's your name? What's your phone number? And they sent me a link on my phone. I did everything in my phone to the point where I even took a picture of my insurance card on my phone. It was so nice. If y'all could see the face that I'm making right now, apparently I need to find a new doctor's. Now I'll be honest. I, I, I don't really go to the doctors all that often, like only if there is an issue, but I just feel like I have yet to see the evolution of technology really embraced in the doctor's offices. I have been going to, but let's go ahead and jump into the episode. I'm done ranting. I promise. So as we kick off this episode, we already know there are some people who are thinking, okay, but I can't go digital with everything, right? Like there will be some papers that I Mm -hmm. have to manage. So let's have a little discussion about to go digital or to not go digital. So first of all, benefits of going digital. So digitizing papers that you have, it's going to take up less physical space. And a lot of times the digital space that you have can be expanded very, very easily. You can utilize search and find functions, which 
come on. I mean, what did we do before search and find? It makes it so much easier to locate specific files, or if you can't remember which file the information is a part of, you can find it with search and find. You can also access it from anywhere, which is really, really convenient. You don't have to lug papers back and forth, and you can then easily share files with others, which makes collaboration much easier. But that being said, we understand you can never get rid of all of the papers, but we really want you to go into this episode as kind of like a sign, if you will, to get rid of some of the papers. And we already know there are some that you have that you have been resenting going digital and this is your sign. Okay. Just embrace it. We're going to take a break. So you're going to have like a minute or so to really let that sink in. And then when we come back, we are going to give you a step-by-step tutorial for digitizing those physical papers. So you have no excuses. Gobble, gobble. It is November, which means it's also our new planner launch. You can officially grab the January to December digital planners for 2024 in our store at teachingonthedouble.com forward slash store. If you want to get a head start on planning for the new year, you can grab a digital planner 20% off for the first two weeks of November, but also be on the lookout for, you know, maybe a Black Friday sale, Cyber Monday, in case you missed out on that initial discount. Also, don't forget to head to teachingonthedouble.com forward slash mailing list to sign up for our email reminders about sales and planner launches. We promise you will be thankful you signed up because you never know when we might pop into your inbox with a little surprise. But for now, back to the episode. So before we jump into your first step, here's what we need to tell you. We know that this is a very overwhelming feeling. To be honest, we felt overwhelmed just outlining this entire episode. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what we're going to tell you. Take it one folder, one binder, one drawer, one cabinet, whatever it is that you have in your classroom at a time, okay? And repeat the steps each time. Batching is your best friend in this situation. When I first started digitizing, remember y'all, I had the binders. Do you remember the binders? I slowly started digitizing things and it was the best thing I ever did for myself. And I am one of those people that cannot digitize everything. I use a lot of sorts. I use a lot of games. Obviously, those are not all going to be digitized for me because I like putting away devices as a teacher and just having my kids sort, engage in conversation. And that's fine. You can keep that, but you need to have a better system for it than a binder. Okay, that's what I'm going to tell you right now. So As you go through this, another option that you can do is that as you're teaching units this year, you can start to digitize it as you're teaching the unit. So you take out that unit binder, that unit folder, and then start going through it slowly but surely and following the steps that we're going to give you. All right. It's going to make it feel a little less overwhelming, hopefully. Yes, this is one of those things that your future self will thank you for. So we are going into the holiday season. Consider this a gift to yourself. Okay. Just trust us. Step number one is to sort 
the papers. We suggest doing this kind of clean sweep style where you create designated piles. We suggest having a digitized pile. So that would be any papers that you are feeling inspired to make digital. Have a keep pile. That keep pile is going to be all of the papers that you are not going to make digital or Maybe you're gonna digitize them, but you still wanna keep the physical paper. We get it, sometimes that's the case. And then finally, you're going to have a trash pipe, pi <laughs> trash pile. And when we say trash, we really mean recycle, okay? But we understand some papers have to get like shredded and whatnot, depending on the information that's on them. But those are your three piles, digitize, keep, and trash. You're gonna hold each paper, okay? It's gonna be like Marie Kondo. You're gonna make a decision right in that moment. Don't overthink it, okay? If it brings you joy, digitize or keep it. If it doesn't bring you joy, trash it. That's not good advice because there may be things that don't bring you joy that you have to keep because it's a school <laughs> file, but you know what I mean. At the end of this step, once you have sorted all of those papers, trash what needs to be trashed. And again, we really mean recycle, but like, you know what we mean. Do what you got to do. Get rid of the papers. Don't let them linger around. Step two is going to be to organize the papers that you're keeping. So the ones that you decided that you do want to keep them as a paper format, you need to decide on a system that's going to work best for you. So that's also really going to depend on the space that you have inside of your classroom, the storage options that you're going to have in your classroom. When I taught kindergarten, it was file cabinets. That was my only option. But in some of these other situations, I had like built in file cabinets that were inside. I also had a lot of like cabinet storage storage space. The other thing that you really need to think about is what type of paper is it? So if it's going to be a certain type of a game, you might have to store it in a very specific way. So this might mean manila folders, guys. If you want to keep the binders, I don't necessarily recommend it, but you have the option of keeping binders if you want to or baggies. And what I mean by baggies are going to be like those zipper or the um, pouches that have like Velcro or a snap, something that's going to close all of those pieces in. This is especially good for if you have games. Mm -hmm. So you can Ziploc those little smaller pieces, put everything inside of this like pouch, zip it up, label it and store it. I personally like to do it in those scrapbook um, file folder, like plastic bins. Yeah. Am I saying that word right? Yeah. The scrapbook okay. boxes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That was my favorite. I still have those and that's going to mm -hmm. be where I put all my games. Yep. I completely agree. And those zipper pouches are a game changer. Amazing. Like love them. Amazing. Okay. So then step three is going to be to digitize. Now you have to make a choice for the how, and I'm using air quotes, you're going to digitize because there are several different options and I'm going to give you a few. Option number one, you can actually use your phone as a scanner. There are apps that you can download that are specific like scanner apps. Feel free to play around with those. But if you have an iPhone, you can also open up the notes app and then you can actually use your camera as a scanner in the notes app. So it will allow you to scan a file and it will turn it into a PDF document for you. So that is a really quick, easy option. I will say it's not always the best, like it might be a little bit crooked. So use it for what it is, but here are some other options as well. If your school has like a copy machine or a printer, or even if you have like a basic printer at home, 
it may have some kind of a scanner function built in. I know at school, my copy machine sometimes had the option to like plug in a flash drive and then it would save it to the flash drive or it'll let you like email it to yourself. And then at home, I just have a basic like HP printer, but I can either use the glass as a scanner or it has like a document feeder and I can pull it up on my computer and save it right there, which is really, really nice. Your school might also have a separate scanning machine And it might not be in like the teacher's lounge or the copy machine room. It might be in like the front office. So you can always ask your school secretary, hey, like, do we have a scanner that I can use? And they might be willing to let you use it, especially if you're batching. You can just take all your papers up there and do it at one time. Some you might want to recreate digitally. So there might be some really dated papers, files, et cetera. And you're like, Eh, you know, I I could make this in, in Google Slides relatively easily. You can always recreate it digitally. Little hack for you, if you use Canva, if you do have a PDF document, not one that's been scanned, but if you just have a PDF document, you can upload it into Canva and then go in and edit it and like move things around and add things to it. So that might be a really good option for you as well. And you might even use a combination of these. So for example, I might use my phone for like single page files. Maybe it's something I got at like a meeting and I just need to keep like a digital copy of it. I might use my phone and the scanner within that because it doesn't need to be perfect, but then I might use the scanner on my printer for multi-page files because I could take them and put them in that document feeder and it would suck them all in and create like a multi-page PDF. So pick and choose what is going to work for you. And again, as Bridget said at the beginning, take it a little bit at a time. It doesn't have to be you digitizing every single paper you own all in one fell swoop. You can break it down by like unit or drawer or binder to make it a little bit more digestible. I feel like that step is gonna be the longest step out of all of them. Yeah, time-wise to like execute. Time-wise, it's gonna take a while. So keep that in mind, guys. Step four is gonna be to then take those files that you've digitized and organize them into your digital files. Now, we recommend using Google, not your laptop, okay? Mm -hmm. Your laptop, things are gonna get lost, you're not gonna be able to find them, it's a hot mess, it's gonna slow your computer down, don't use your laptop. Google is your best friend, but you do you guys. I mean, it's your choice. It's whatever you want to do. But here is what I will recommend to you. And take this from somebody who's moved schools is that if you're doing Google, I honestly would create it in my personal accounts. And then I would share that folder with my work account if you Mm -hmm. have that option available to you. (laughs) Because I hated having to download those files from moving from one Google folder to an or account to another account. It was terrible. I hated that. Um, So decide on how you want to organize all these files. Now, this can be based around skills or standards. So if you're teaching um, four by four, four by three multiplication, that might be the skill that you want to organize all these files around. Or it could just be multiplication, which is more of like a unit that you're going to be teaching. Um, it could be time frames. So if you are in the younger grades, I did everything by month. So it was like August, September, October, November, and each one had specific holidays that fell underneath it or skills that I really wanted to work on. You can organize it that way. Here's the big piece is that folderception is going to be key here. You want to utilize folders within folders. Don't just create your one folder and then just do an entire dump. Now, one thing that I really like to do 
is I created a system for myself. So like I had multiplication and it was like multiplication um, and then I would do estimation. So I would do M estimation and then M, I would then do um, rounding or something to that extent. Like however you wanna organize it, you can create your own systems to make it easy for you to search it. And that's gonna be the last thing here is that you just wanna make sure that the names are clear and that they're searchable for you. You do you at the end of the day. I liked using numbers. And so I would use multiplication 1.1 or character traits unit one, character traits unit two. Like I would just kind of organize it the way that your brain really works. Just make sure that you can find it at the end of the day. Yeah, it definitely makes it much easier to then retrieve the files when you need them, which is the whole point of having them digital. It's to kind of make that process easier. So that brings us to the final step. Step five is to build the habit. Now, this is, again, something that will be ongoing, but this is how you're ultimately going to maintain that system. So if and when you get a paper, you need to make a decision about whether you're going to keep it physically or you're going to digitize it. And we're really going to encourage you to take action in that moment. This is where having that phone with the built-in scanner comes in handy, because if you're going to scan it, scan it right then. If you're at a meeting, like a school staff meeting, and you're given a paper and you're like, all right, I don't need the physical paper. I'm just going to scan it. It takes literally one minute to scan it. And then you can go ahead and like dump it in the recycling bin as you walk out of the meeting. Like you don't need to even take it back into your classroom. So trust us, once you develop this habit, it will make your life so much easier. So hold yourself accountable. Make sure that you make that decision in the moment. If you need to, because you're short on time, have a drawer or a bin in your classroom for papers that you need to like process, but make sure you also have a routine for processing them either weekly or monthly where you're going to go through that bin or drawer and you're going to clean it out. You're going to digitize, sort things away. I'm not going to say there's a right or a wrong way, but just make sure that whatever it is you choose to do, you are doing it consistently because that's what's going to help you maintain it over time. All right, so that is it, guys. Those are all the steps. I'm gonna review these steps for you, okay? So step one, sort papers, okay? So you're gonna have a digitize, a keep, and then a trash, AKA recycle. Step two is gonna be to organize the papers that you are keeping. So decide on an organizational system to contain those papers. Step three is to digitize and decide how you're gonna organize it. Remember, very clear names so that you can find it in when you're searching. Step four is to organize the digital files. Um, oh, I said those backwards. Duh, Bridget. So well, digitize just, the scanning them and then yeah. organizing the files, making sure that the names are clear. All right, you guys are picking up what I'm putting down here. <laughs> Step five is to then build that habit so that you're repeating the process and not going back to the paper monster consuming your desk. I just think that means we had the steps in the right order because you literally went into like, here's the next thing that you do. All right, y'all, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and you feel a little bit more confident being able to tackle that paper monster. Please share this out with any of your teacher friends who you think might benefit from it as well. You can submit your own time-sucking hurdle, whether it's paper, grading, emails, whatever it is that is sucking up your time, head over to teachingonthedouble.com. Up at the top, click on TSH. You can submit it for the chance to not only be featured in a future episode, but possibly 
have the entire episode dedicated to answering your TSH and giving you some advice. We would also love for you to subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you listen, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Music. When you subscribe, you're just telling that podcast platform that you really enjoy our podcast, and it will make sure that it is downloaded for you when we release new episodes every Thursday morning, and it's just going to save you time and make your life easier. And those are two things that we are very much about. If you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, we would love for you to leave us a review. It helps the podcast be able to get into the ears of so many more teachers, and it always brings a big smile to our face. And until next time, be timely. Stay organized and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.